What is up, guys? I'm your host, Jay Shaw, and we're back with another episode of Custom League Blues. In today's episode, we're going to tackle all the action that happened from March 31st. Today's date is April 1st. Happy April Fool's Day to all you clowns out there. The first game of the day for March 31st was the Phillies taking on the Rays, and the Phillies getting an upset win against the Rays, 4-2-2. I believe that was the last game for the Rays on their season. They ended 17-7. My apologies, I misspoke last episode. The Rays did have two games left. I thought their season was finished, but they do end the year 17-7, currently sitting in the top spot. The next game to take place that day was the Mets versus the Twins, and the Mets won a good one, 4-1. Mets have been playing pretty solid lately. Solid ball, sitting at 6-6 on the year right now. The Rangers and Nationals played, and the Rangers blanked the Nationals 2-0. Good work out of the Rangers' starting pitcher there, and I believe the rotation came in to close the door. 2-0 win. The Rangers-Nationals followed up with a game after that, and it was a doozy. It was 4-2 Nationals in the bottom of the sixth, and who else but Guzman hit a bomb to make it 4-4, and then Shinsu Chu walked it off to hit another two-run shot. 6-4 win for the Rangers. Quite the crazy fair. The Nationals and Rangers have had a crazy series. The next game to take place was the Angels versus Rays, and the Angels won that one 7-4. So my apologies, the Rays had one more game, and they did they ended up losing their last two to end the year. So pretty tough for the Rays, but I think they'll recover come playoff time. The Twins played the Rangers in a close one, 6-5. The Twins just barely eked it out. Uh, Twins have been an interesting team to follow. It seems like some games are really strong and other games are really weak. Perhaps it is due to a uh, starting pitching uh, weakness in their rotation. uh, Or perhaps, who knows, maybe the bats just wake up some games and some games they don't. We had an absolute slugfest between the Rangers and the Padres. And no surprise, these two teams are offensively loaded. 13-10, the Rangers win. Yet to see a game as crazy as that. Uh, I heard from both owners that this game was absolutely mad. And uh, the Rangers just ended out on top. The Rangers and Padres played a second one. And surprise, surprise, it did not go the same way. Most games don't go 13-10 in this league. This one was a 3-2 Padres win. Eked it out. Nice little win there for the Padres to, uh, I believe, round off the series with the Rangers. The Padres and Nationals played after that. And the Nationals... Fought back hard and won this game 7-3. It was 3-0 early Padres, and the Nationals just chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And come the seventh inning, four runs were scored, and the Nationals sealed the deal there. We had two more games on the day, I believe. Uh, Sorry, actually, we've had a lot more games on the day than that. My apologies. The Angels beat the Rangers 7-6, a high-scoring affair. Uh, The Angels are another team that is very interesting. They started out the year really slow, and now they're cooking. 10-6. They're on a roll. They finally figured out their formula. Looks like they could be a playoff team, a team that I doubted. I think they use that as fuel, and the Angels have been cooking lately, but they still have a lot of games left on the year. We'll see what happens. They still have another eight games to play, and you know right now they're probably sitting pretty to get that four spot. Um, The Mets had a new owner take over the team. The old owner just wasn't sufficing for the club, it seems, and they had to let him go. So we welcome the new owner to the league, the boss, Felix V2. We welcome him, and we'll see if he can take the Mets to a playoff spot. 
The Angels had to play the Twins, and they blanked. They absolutely smoked them. They didn't blank them. They smoked them 12 to 5. So the Angels have been hitting well lately, scoring seven against the Rangers, now 12 against the Twins. They're go- they're looking scary. The Angels are a team that a lot of people doubted. They're looking scary. And then after that, there was a pitching duel, and the Angels barely eked out the Twins 2-1. to one. Uh, Chalk it up to just good pitching on that side of the ball. Perhaps the ball wasn't carrying. You never really know. The Twins finally got the revenge in the series, though, beating the Angels 8-3. to three. Uh, The Twins said, you know what, we're not going to lose all three. We want to stay in this playoff race. And, yeah, they ended up getting a, a revenge. The last game on the day was the Rays versus the Phillies. And... The Rays, so, sorry, this was the Rays' last game. Jeez Louise, I really should look at this uh, look at this beforehand. But the Rays ended up finishing the year strong. They got an 8-4 win against the Phillies, a commanding win. Offense looked good. Pitching did enough to get by. And I think that's what the Rays are going to be going into the playoffs. It's a team where the pitching does enough to get by, but the offense is going to make you pay no matter what. Uh, and that, that's been the Rays' formula all year. So looking at the standings right now, the Rays have finished their season. They're 17 and 7. The Padres are sitting in second place, 10 and 5. The Rangers are 11 and 7. The Angels are 10 and 6. The Twins are 7 and 6. The Phillies are 4 and 3. The Mets are 6 and 6. The Nationals are 7 and 8. And we all know we fucking hate the Brewers sitting at 0 and 24. So looking at the teams here, if I had to make a playoff prediction from this point out, I'm still sticking with the fact I think the Padres are going to take the one seed. I think the Padres will also finish the year 17-7. and seven. Uh, If it comes, I don't know how it's going to work, but I would personally give the Padres the one seed if it was a 17-7 season. I, I don't know how the tiebreakers work. I just don't know. Maybe it's based off run differential. If that's the case, it's looking like it'd be the Tampa Bay Rays right now. Third place is the Rangers 11-7. I think the Rangers are going to drop into the four spot. Uh, the Rangers have been a good team, just not consistent. Their their pitching is, is the big issue, and I could see that pitching giving them trouble down the down the line here at the end of the regular season. I'd say the Rangers probably getting that four spot. The three spot as of right now, I'm giving to the Angels. Their their bats have just been too hot. Uh, their pitching has not been great, but they've been scoring runs. I mean, they've come to life in these past couple games. The team's finally clicking. They're gelling together. And I think they're going to tear. I, I think it's going to be Angels 3, Rangers 4. And I, and I think, as of right now, you can't count any team out in, in, uh, in terms of the Twins, Phillies, Mets, and Nationals. You cannot count any of these guys out. But, I mean, the Nationals just have had some unlucky baseball. Uh, we're, we're going to do some breakdowns here but on the, over the team's average, team's ERA, things like that. And we'll see what I can, what I can come up with here. So just to give you a quick rundown. The Rays are batting 336 as a team, 631 slugging. That's uh, that's insane. 535 ERA. So a high ERA, but they make up for it in the slugging numbers. The Padres have a 509 ERA with a 303 average. Uh, I don't know where the Padres, I, I don't know how the Padres are getting a lot of these wins. Maybe it's just tight games they're eking out. Who knows? But uh, the numbers are not that impressive personally. Uh, not for this league, but perhaps they're just getting these eager, these these little games to win. The Rangers, by far, absolutely impressed me with their offense. 342, 779 slugging. No one cares if their ERA is a 542. I believe that's one of the worst in the league. Uh, actually, it's like middle of the road for the league. But 542 ERA, that's high. But when you're slugging 779, I wonder why. They actually have 119 runs scored and only 18 games played. So that is... 
That baffles me. That how much power is on this team. The Angels are batting 313 with a 601 ERA. Again, another team that I don't understand how they're winning a lot of these games. It looks like the slugging is helping them. 620 on the slugging for the year. So the Angels, again, are probably just winning, winning some of these games just based off the long ball maybe or maybe just based off doing enough pitching to get by. The Twins are a team where the Twins are such a middle-of-the-road team right now. They are 335 average, 634 slugging, looking good there. But the ERA is a 5-9-1. So address some pitching twins before your trade deadline's up. I think we'll be in a good spot. The Phillies are a team that's going to struggle. The average is there at 314. I mean, every it looks like every single team is, is in the 300. So it looks like it's always going to come down to pitching and slugging from what I've seen. And the Phillies have a, a almost an 8 ERA as a team. We knew this team was going to have trouble with pitching coming in. It seems the owner has yet to address the address. That issue, and with the trade deadline coming up very, very soon, some teams are already past the deadline. I believe there's only four or five teams that still have trades to make. It's going to be tough for the Phillies to do anything. The Mets coming in. The Mets have been a consistent team. Where they do lack is in their slugging percentage. 309 average, only 493 slugging, 5.3 RA. So, and then we get to the Nationals, who are batting 322. Uh, the only team in the league with perfect fielding. You know, I had to shout that out. Slugging's okay at 534 and a 4.5 ERA. So the Nationals do have the lowest ERA in the league, yet they sit in the basement. They have a pretty decent average, but like I said, yet they sit in the basement. Uh, it's hard to understand why. It seems like this team just loses some really, really tight games. And same with the Mets. They just lost some really, really tight games. It's just all, that's what it seems to be. So looking at that, rounding out that whole scenario there, that's where the teams currently stand. The Angels, I think, can really lock up the three spot if they just address the pitching a bit. Uh, six ERA is tough for me to say uh, that they're going to lock in that three spot, but I think they're, they're going to have the Rangers beat for that three spot. And I think the Rangers will take the four spot, barring any major collapse in these last couple games. If you look at the rest of the league, I would probably say the, the Nationals are going to finish fifth. I think the the, the Twins will finish 6th, Mets 7th, Phillies 8th, and of course the Brewers in the cellar at nine. So I think that's going to be my regular season predictions for the rest of the league. A shorter episode here today, I'm just going to go over some player stats and then we're going to get out of here. Um, so first we're going to start with the Mets as we usually do in this rotation. Looking at the pitching, not much has changed as the Mets have not really played any games. So... We're not really going to go address that too much as you can just go to last episode and not much will change for the Mets, so we're going to skip over them. Going to the Phillies, a lot has changed. They started playing some games. Uh, they had a later schedule than most other teams due to some travel issues earlier on in the year, but they're back in action. The Phillies, as we address, had bad pitching concerns. Nick Pavetta has been their strongest pitcher. Five innings, no, no runs given up. Other than that, it's been absolutely doozy. The only good starter is Zach Eflin. He had one good start with a one ERA, and that hasn't changed from last episode. So the Phillies need to wake up the pitching for sure. Position player-wise, we got a couple guys on the team that can that can match the ball. We got Andrew McCushion with, with, with five ribbies in the early season, batting 350. JT Ramuto batting 421. What a guy to have. Didi Gregorius, 579. Uh, two homers, five ribbies for the team. So this team's got some mashers. It's just all about making it click. That's all the Phillies need to find is a way to make it click. Adam Hazley batting 462, 
for them. He's got five runs on the year. This guy can get home. JT, I mean, JT's been home six times this year. Phillies are looking good offensively, just not de- just not pitching. Uh, we go to the Padres now. The Padres have been a team chock full of trades. Uh, if we're going to highlight their pitching, one guy to highlight has been Chris Paddock. A really good year for him. 20.2 innings pitched, 3 ERA. Has yet to find the win, but he's doing pretty well. 13 strikeouts through 20 innings. He can get the strikeout need be. Kirby Yates having a down year. Not sure what that's all about, but again, I don't understand how he has four saves and five appearances with a 12 ERA. I just don't get it. Emilio Pagan's probably been the strongest bullpen pitcher for them. 6.2 innings pitched, uh, one ERA. He's looking great. Corbin's been their best starter. Came over in the trade, as we talked about. He's got a one ERA through 14 innings pitched. So overall, Padres pitching has been up and down, to say the least. Couple good guys, couple bad guys. Uh, looking at the Padres positions players throughout this part of the year, one guy to note, Eric Hosmer, 17 ribbies, five home runs. Uh, another guy to note, Tommy Pham, has gotten home 13 times this year, 13 runs. That's pretty high. That's good numbers. Uh, and one more guy to note, I'd say, would have to be, in terms of the average, a standout. Uh, Albert Pujols is batting 400, came over in the trade. And Kendrick's finally starting to wake his bat up. We talked about Kendrick having issues. He's finally batting 313. Um, bringing in three ribbies, so a decent pickup for them, a decent pickup. Profar and Mejia are second on the team with eight ribbies apiece behind Hosmer. Another team to look at is the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, an offensive powerhouse team just like the Rangers. If you want to look at one guy to talk about on the Rays, I think the first guy you have to address is Brandon Lowe. Ended the year with 18 RBIs and 11 home runs. A true power hitter sitting there, 412 average. Just can crush the ball when he needs to. Slugging 956. You know, these are numbers that, ju- that they just jump off the plate. They, ju- they jump right out. They jump at you. Uh, cheese Louise. <laughs> Messed that one up. Moving on, Austin Meadows batting 378. Also had 18 RBIs for the team. That's tied for first. Second on the team would be Tatis Jr. with 16 RBIs. Also scored 20 runs for the team. That speed really helps. Brandon Lowe scored 19 runs. And Kevin Kiermaier got 14 runs, 7 doubles, 6 home runs, and he batted 278. So you'd like to see Kiermaier's number go up in terms of average, but his slugging was good, 653. And defensively, a very, very strong player, probably the best center fielder in the league as of right now. So, yeah, uh, that rounds that out. Problem with Kiermaier is he does not hit well against the lefties, only batting 143. So scouting report-wise, pitch a lefty to Kiermaier if you can. Uh, he's going to have trouble hitting those lefties for sure. Moving on to the Rays bullpen, which I believe I did not address. Diego Castillo has been their star. He threw 14.2 innings, pitches you out of the pen. Zero ERA, absolute beast. Another guy to highlight would be Del Batances. Seven innings in relief, two ERA, not bad. Colin Poach, seven innings pitch, zero runs given up. Colin Poach is a sneaky good reliever. Looking at their starters, outside of Blake Nell, the starters just have not gotten it done. But Blake Snell has been good with 19 innings pitched and a 2 ERA. Uh, it's clear that the Rays are a bullpen team. Moving on to the Twins. Looking at one pitcher, Trevor May. Of course, we all knew Trevor May was going to be good. Six innings pitched, one ERA. Not bad. The only starter to highlight on the team as of right now would probably be Jake Odorizzi. Ten innings pitched, 3 ERA. That's been their most dominant starter for sure. Going to the position players, 
Uh, ever since G-Man Choi came over, he's been on a tear, batting 400 for the Twins. Great year for him. Max Kepler, 368 average. Jorge Polanco, 400. Eddie Rosario, 432. Mitch Garver, 333. Catcher's been stepping up in this league. Shot at Mitch Garver and some other catchers. But G-Man Choi, seven dingers. Absolutely not going to cover off the ball. Or seven home runs, whatever you want to call it. Eddie Rosario, five home runs. Uh, league leader on the for the RBIs is G-Man Choi with 15. Nelson Cruz is 10. Rosario has 10 himself. In terms of run scores, uh, Eddie Rosario's got 12 runs. G-Man Choi, 11. Moving to the Angels now, going to their pitching. Uh, the only pitcher I think I'd like to hide on this Angels team, and again, we address that their pitching has not been the strongest suit. Shohei Otani's been amazing, but we always we all assume that. 21.1 innings pitched, 2 ERA, and then Cam Bedrosian out of the pen has been pretty solid for the Angels with a 6.2 innings pitched, 2 ERA. The Angels, where they make up for their uh, lack of pitching, is in the position player spot. Tommy Lestella is having himself a good year batting 400. Mike Trout's batting 400. Angelton Simmons, 417. And Brian Dozier coming over in a trade with the Pod- uh, Padres, batting 321. Looking at these numbers here, the league leader on the team is Mike Trout with eight home runs, no surprise, and 16 ribbies. Dozier's got himself 11 ribbies and five homers as well, so that's impressive. And Mike Trout leads the team and runs with 12 runs scored and then Lestella's got nine behind him so this is a team where the few are the strong in terms of how their hitting works looks like they got about four or five good hitters on the team uh, sprinkled in that lineup that can really knock the cover off the ball going to the Rangers now this is a team that we know is not the strongest in pitching but they do have a couple good pitchers to highlight Corey Kluber having a good year 24.2 innings pitch with three ERA Kyle Gibson, 18 innings pitch with a 3 ERA. And out of the pen, Brett Martin's got 7 innings pitch with only a 1 ERA. So that's pretty good to highlight. But Clark's been okay. 1 win, 1 loss, 1 save. That's about it. And out of their bullpen. Position player-wise, the ageless wonder, Shinsu Chu, having a year. 7 dingers for the team batting, 375. Elvis Andrews is at a 407 average. Gallo's got to wake up to bat more. He's got six homers, but he's really batting only 241. You want to see him doing better. Danny Santana's batting 370. Willie Calhoun, 316. Todd Frazier, 315. Rugnet Odor, 300. Robinson Chirinos, 383. Ronald Guzman, 400. The only person on this team batting below 300 is Joey Gallo. That is a scary thing to say. Come playoff time, the Rangers could be dangerous. Ronald Guzman, 11 home runs, 24 ribbies. You want to talk about a silver slugger? I think right now it's got to be Guzman. The only guy I think I could challenge him is Brandon Lowe. But I think my vote goes to Guzman. Willie Calhoun's got seven homers. Shinsu Chu, seven. Uh, 15 RBIs from Chu, Santana, and Calhoun. This team just cr- crushes the cover off the ball. Going to the Nationals now to round out the league. We're going to start with the pitchers here. An impre- a couple impressive arms. Scherzer's not had a good year, but... Uh, where we make up for it is Steven Strasburg. 20 innings pitched, 3 RA, consistently good starter. Danielson Lamette coming over has been pretty good. He's got a 3 RA, 3 8 innings pitched. And there's been a couple good relievers for the Nationals, have a pretty solid bullpen. No one's numbers jump out too much. Will Harris, 7 innings pitched, 2 ERA. But every other reliever's in about the 3 ERA spot. So there's not really one guy that can close the door. Wander Suero, 5.2 innings pitched, no runs given up. He's been their probably strongest reliever. 
but there isn't really one guy who can close the door per se, but it looks like every single reliever on this team can at least limit the damage, and that's something to be said. Nationals hitting-wise have been a team that has gotten a, gotten a lot of hits, but just cannot produce the ribbies. One great highlight is uh, Trey Turner. He's had 10 RBIs on the year, and he scored seven times in the nat- for the Nationals. Also, he's got three stolen bases. Definitely a base-stealing threat. Adam Eaton's come back down to life a bit, batting 378, but still really impressive. Uh, another guy to highlight is Juan Soto, uh, second on the team in home runs. Four home runs for him so far in the early season for the Nationals, about midway through their campaign. Uh, batting 273, so he could wake up a little bit. Um, the biggest players actually have been the trades that the Nationals have made. The two best hitters on the team came over in trades. Hunter Renfro, seven home runs for the Nationals, 15 ribbies, batting 471. Definitely their best hitter, a force to be reckoned with. Definitely pitch around him if you can. And Jed Lowry's been batting 500. Only five RBIs, but he does get home. He's been home seven times on the year. Hunter Renfro leads a team with 11 runs scored. So that's a breakdown. This is going to be today's episode. I just broke down the teams, where they stand, the stats, all that good stuff. Broke down some games. And yeah, stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. This will be daily from here on out. And have a good one, guys. See ya.